Thanks, everybody, for stopping in and watching or listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk, Let's Talk podcast. Oh, that one's a, a, a tongue twister. Uh, today, um, have a someone that's very near and dear to me. Um, she was one of the very first people that you know we were introduced to when we first came into the telecom industry. Um, Sharina Kushner, she, uh, gosh, I, I'm pretty sure most people in our industry know this woman. Um, she... Uh, we, we met her probably about two years ago. Um, my whole team, uh, we got invited to a, an impromptu dinner and just honestly just hit it off right off the bat. Uh, she's become just a very, uh, someone that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, she's a very like-minded person. Um, I just share a lot of similarities with her. Um, she's got a great team. Uh, it, it was one of those things that, you know, we, it, we we started dinner one night um and then we i think we all just talked for for hours so it's a uh, i'm really really glad to have her here um as a as one of our first guests on the on the podcast so Sharina, thanks for joining uh, i'm really really glad that you uh that you decided to to come on and thanks for being flexible as well uh with me so uh yeah um you know i like to start off this podcast kind of having the uh, the the interviewee uh, kind of give a you know thirty thousand foot view um, or just you know dive into it um, who you are you know, talk about uh, your family if you want to you know uh, your your history um, yeah yeah you know I, I try I try try not to talk too much there in the beginning so you know you go ahead you you dive in who you are what makes you basically a, a what makes Sharina Sharina oh wow that's a loaded question Travis first <laughs> of all thank you for having me. Uh, the love for the volley team, as I call them, or the volley boys, that is a reciprocal feeling very much. You know, you know, we love we love you guys dearly. Um, lucky to be part of your crew, as I call myself, <laughs> of like minded people. Yes. Um, a little bit of background on me. Um, my parents immigrated to this country from the Ukraine in 1977, and I am a first generation Ukrainian in this country. Um, and I think most of my work ethic comes from watching what my parents did in this country, coming here in their 20s, not a great grasp of the language, um, you know, one, a small child and another one on the way. And, you know, you learn a lot about adversity and how to overcome when you are brought up in that environment. And I think that Unfortunately, it's something our children don't understand, Travis, the way that we probably understand it because we've created these amazing lives because of the things that we've experienced for our yeah. own children, um, who I'm extremely proud of both of my sons. My, my oldest son is, is about to turn 33, actually, and um, he's running a very successful business himself called Kushner Fitness, and he is a professional bodybuilder, which awesome. is a little known fact about me that I have a son who's a professional bodybuilder. Um, and my baby, Jaden, is 21, as much as you can call that a baby, Travis. <laughs> I, I I remember that, that that first dinner, him him coming in and, you know, he just, he fit right in with everybody. So, I've, you know, I've had the pleasure of at least meeting one of your sons. Yes, world's best intern, I call him. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he is now a junior at University of South Carolina, majoring in finance with a minor in Japanese, of all oh, wow. things. Yes. So su super proud of, of both of my boys um, and what they've accomplished. Um, I started in tech 
gosh, Jaden must have been 18 months old. So I guess almost 19 years now, 19 and a half years ago, working for a small interconnect in Maryland called Quick Connect Communications. And um, I realized pretty quickly that the boys kind of found me to be a threat because um, they used to say Sharina sells flux capacitors, but Sharina <laughs> sold them a lot better, Travis, than they did. <laughs> well, hey, knowing you, I believe it. So I sold phone systems for about 14 years of my career. Um, I've been really lucky to kind of always see the writing on the wall, I think. Um, and I realized that hosted voice was kind of where things were moving in the voice industry. And I went to work for Momentum Telecom and I spent six years there. Um, and that was a great ride. And I had such, I have such incredible respect for the team at Momentum. Still very close with the, with the, um, the management team there, um, something I've learned in my career, and I think that everybody should take this with them, Travis, is don't burn your bridges. Like it's Absolutely. a critical thing in business, no matter what, don't burn your bridges. It's it's not, it's never going to end well. And then um, I've been a data canopy now in the VP role for two and a half years. February will be three years. Um, really exciting time for us at data canopy because we've gone through a merger acquisition um, and so things are very, very exciting. Every day is a new adventure right now, for sure. <laughs> but we uh, we're loving it, so it's great. Yeah, uh, to you know, to kind of piggyback too, uh, you know, on that, you know, it, the the merger and, and everything, you know, a lot a lot of companies, um, at least uh, me being more on the outside, obviously, you know, I, I'm I I have my experience with Volley. Um, and I'm not a part of, of any other organization. So, you know, I, just being someone on the outside, it, it seems that um, when this happens, it, it's, it's either a, um, a complete uh, getting rid of the old. Um, and, but in your guys' case, it, it seems like it's just been a very um, a, a good mesh. And, 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 and that rather than it being uh, not so much, you know, a, a lot of times things become a takeover. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's been that way. So can you, can you talk a little bit more about how that transition has been for not just you, but, you know, possibly your leadership team as well? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so the company that we merged with was a company called IntelliShift Citus, and they were strictly a co-location company and they had no sales team and they were not part of the channel. So the need to mesh the organizations was a necessity because we were the sales arm and we're always the sales arm. And now we've meshed with an organization that didn't have one. So of course, there's always going to be some growing pains when a non-sales organization merges with a sales organization. Absolutely. But we have now acquired five of our own data centers. And the data center space is a really interesting space right now, Travis, and extremely different than where it was two years ago. So talk about that a little bit more. So, yeah. So kind of yeah. give a, you know, to those that may not be so, so well versed, you know, I, I'm, I'm decently versed just because of the nature of our business and, and us having to deal with, with those kind of data centers. So, you know, someone that may just not be as, as in tune with the, with the, with the colo uh, industry, how, you know, how was, how, what did this market in the industry look like? Let's say, you know, two to five years ago, where it's at now, and then maybe kind of give uh, where you think it's going to be going in the next, you know, five to eight years. Yeah. So um, for those people who don't really understand what a colo is, um, I call it real estate for computers. 
That's probably the easiest way to explain it. It's also where you want to go if there's a zombie apocalypse because they're going to have power no matter what. Yes. <laughs> so run to the nearest one. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a data center really is nothing more than, than real estate for computers. It's a place for people to put their servers. And two years ago, we saw this hard shift, right? Um, after COVID and during COVID really, um, from people continuing to have hardware and servers and moving to the cloud, the AWS, yeah. the Azures, the Googles, the private clouds of the world. And so we saw this decline in the data center space because people were moving to the cloud and they were getting rid of their hardware. So if they were getting rid of their hardware, there was nothing to put into the data center, right? So we couldn't give the data center space away, right? Yeah. Now, two years later, with the emergence of AI companies, we can't keep up with the demand, Travis. It's a totally different pendulum swing to the other side where now, when people call me and they're like, oh, I'd like to get a rack for, you know, $800. I tell them like, I'm sorry. Like there is no, there is no such price. Like, you know, I would say almost like AI is, is the Bitcoin of 2023 and 2024 yeah. because they are taking up space and power at such rapid rates. The other thing that we've seen in the channel that's kind of been fascinating to me being a channel person, Travis, is that there has been an exit from some of the major players in our industry from the channel mm -hmm. in its entirety, right? And basically the reason that I believe that that's happened is because the, the AWSs and the Azures of the world and the big AI companies are taking up so much space and power that those companies just don't need to be in the channel anymore. They're like, if you're not meeting a 300 um, kilowatt minimum, we're not even going to talk to you. Yeah. And a lot of the deals that we see in the channel, and we, and we have seen some very big ones in the last six months, very large, probably we've got a six megawatt deal. We've got a four megawatt deal, like some of the largest deals I've seen, but historically the channel is a rack, two racks, three racks. Yeah. And there's very, very serious problems in certain markets with power, like Austin, Texas, like I just sold the last three racks that I have there and I, I don't have, it's not a, it's not a space issue for me. I don't have power. I can't get it from the power company. That just blows my mind. Especially yeah. It's crazy, right? It's such it, a crazy, it, it, like, for, and for those that, that, you know, have uh, that, that kind of stay up to date, especially on the end, you know, me, me, myself, I, I was in energy for 15 years prior to the telecom industry. So it's, you know, it's, it's funny that Texas has become it, what, what was once such a bastion for, basically an access of, of energy. Um, I think uh, with a, with the advent of a lot of tech companies starting to move out that way, they're starting to be a dry up. So what do, do you think that there's anything in the interim that can, can help? What, what, where's the shift to, to, for these data centers to get, to get more of that power? Do you see anything that, that maybe they're doing themselves to, to kind of alleviate those stresses? No, I, the problem is, is that, you know, power is you being in the power industry, you know, it is what it is. So we are kind of in this epic waiting game in a lot of our locations um, for the power company to bring in more power. Um, oh, we are very focused on states that have tax abatement right now, like Delaware, for example, um, where we currently have our own data center. A lot of the AI companies, especially are looking for states that have tax abatement. So we are looking continuing to look for states um, that are tax abatement. Now, 
One of the interesting things, though, that we've also seen in some of the spaces that we're looking to acquire are from companies who have completely moved to the cloud and have abandoned data centers that they stood up on their own. So that's one of the things that we are very focused on, and we are working very closely with commercial real estate, both on the acquisition of space and power, as well as brokering space and power through commercial real estate agents, is that a company that's abandoned a data center that they have actually built for their own infrastructure is a target space for us right now. Okay. And so, so the, are, are you seeing, I mean, uh, are you seeing a lot more of those pop up, especially, you know, it seems like, uh, uh, even just businesses themselves are starting to, as they go more remote, they're starting to, um, you know, the the commercial real estate industry is just, it's it's in a weird volatility right now. So, you know, companies like like your guys, is, are, you, are you getting, are you seeing that that's, you know, maybe that's kind of where you guys and, and organizations like yours kind of shift over the next couple of years is to, is to kind of take advantage of a lot of these companies that, that had all of these infrastructures in place before they, they, they just kind of probably don't anymore. So is, you know, is, uh, is it, is it more of, uh, uh, looking to, to grow the, the, infra the, the physical infrastructure space kind of where a lot of the industry is going to go in the near term? I mean, I think, I think you're still going to see, uh, quite a bit of companies doing large cloud migrations. Um, you know, the other thing, the other side of this coin, Travis, is really what I endearingly call buyer's remorse, right? In the sense that um, you had a lot of companies during COVID who went to AWS and Azure, and they didn't know what an egress fee was. And they didn't, they didn't budget for a 30% uptick in the bill in the cost of taking their data out of the cloud. So, right? So our business is very split right now between cloud and colo. And we spend a good amount of time at Data Canopy doing audits for customers who did cloud migrations into AWS, Azure, and Google and are like, ooh, these bills are a little high. Are there any other option? Like, can we leave some workloads in, in public cloud and move some to private cloud? Because that makes more financial sense. There's only a very small cross-section of customer that actually has to be in public cloud. But you know the old adage, right? Nobody got fired for buying IBM, right? Nobody got fired for buying AWS or Azure because they're household names. Every They've done a bang up job on marketing. But what the trend shows us is that their prices are going to double and or triple. And that's going to make it a market where that can't be obtainable for an SMB company. They're going to be looking for alternatives. What we've now, also now seen. With, now with, you know, you're, you're talking about how, you know, it's, you know, space is starting to become limited, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are still buying. A lot of people are still, you know. I, myself included, I, I need that. I need the, I be being cloud for what we do is it's, that's kind of a last resort for us. So we need the actual physical location. I need my hardware there. What can you shine maybe a little bit more color on what, what types of, of businesses are you starting to see maybe, maybe becoming more of a, a need for those, those spaces? Is it any a particular vertical or is it just kind of a, 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 a everybody is is looking for that kind of space uh so the trend that we've seen again is the ai companies are huge financial services are still a good cross-section of them are still using hardware and here's the whopper gaming okay so like gambling most of the gambling organizations when they get approved in a state they must have two racks of colo in that state so gaming oh, has been okay. a huge one for us 
over the yeah, last two You learn something new every day. That's the- <laughs> Yes. So I, I tend to stay away from conversations about verticals because there's really not a vertical that we haven't touched as an organization. We're very heavy <clears throat> in medical right now, but medical is doing more cloud migration than they are hardware. But gaming, for example, they will continue to be hardware and they will be for the foreseeable future. That kind of matches what we're seeing too. You know, a, a lot of our bread and butter has been education and and medical over the years for basically, you know, mostly, I actually, I'd say probably 90% of our customers over the past 10 years have all been on-prem systems, but we're finally starting to get with the expansion of the E-rate program and, and you know, and more government funding on the medical side, we're starting to see a lot more of those companies start start wanting to go to the cloud. You know, it's, uh, it's becoming a, it's becoming a headache for their internal staff not being able to staff enough people that can, can not, not adequately, but um, they're just, there's a lot of strained resources in those industries right now. So we're seeing a lot of our customers also shift to the, to the cloud, uh, to the cloud as well. So, you know, it's a, and I have a, that, I have that, a that, great that's, case that's study on that. What, with what we're seeing as well. Yeah. And I have a, I, I actually have a great case study that I can share with you on, on the medical front. So all of my data centers are HIPAA compliant. But I think the thing that people lose is the medical industry has to have their own private cloud. They cannot be in a shared environment because that is not HIPAA compliant because there's always the potential commingling of some type of data. And we have seen medical facilities who are not in their own private clouds and they're like, oh my gosh, this is is a HIPAA violation. Well, we had a partner who um, was putting customers into shared environments and we're like, that's that's not you can't so we actually stood up a private cloud for them travis that actually cost them less than the cloud that they were in that was a a co-managed and and had other customers in so i think that a lot of what you and i do every day is about education right that's like the biggest thing you know people always ask me to talk about disaster recovery right because that's a big thing that goes hand in hand with security that we talk about well, people don't realize Microsoft is not backed up out of the box. If you're not backing up your Microsoft O365 instance and you lose your email, that's it. You've had a disaster. Yeah. And it's like we're constantly trying to push that messaging out to customers because if we don't educate them about that, when something happens, they're like, well, you didn't tell us that, hey, that's not being backed up. Well, you know, and, and I think that 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 theme is is very common, and I think it's what you know uh, to to kind of stroke the data canopy ego a little bit. I I honestly, you know, I, I think it's what kind of it, it's what separates you guys from 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 most of the other players that at least you know I've interacted with in our industry is is I think that um, at the end of the day, the data canopy team um, is is really like you said. It's about it's about giving the customer as much knowledge as they possibly can. And I think that an informed customer is a smarter customer, which makes it just an easier to work with customer. Uh, and you know, a, a lot of the a, a lot of the doom and gloom messaging that I see a lot of other organizations that are like yours put out there is is it almost like they're trying to scare customers into using particular products where I think the approach that you guys take and, and we, you know, we strive really every day here at Volley to take too is what the customer thinks they need, they may not need. So let's, let's get together. Let's, let's actually figure out what the customer needs. Let's, let's, let's look at the overall stack itself 
um, you know, you, let's say you know, the customer has A, B, C, D, and E, but they really only need B and D. So, you know, trying to, uh, to educate customers, I think, is becoming a superpower for a lot of organizations lately, uh, especially since there was such a, a shift, I feel, in, the, in 2020 to 20, to let's say late 2021, early 2022. And, and I think that all has to also, it, it coincides perfectly with the fact that uh, customers appreciate it a lot more when they feel like you're fixing their problem and not just selling them a solution. You know, they, they, they want to know that they're, that their IT people are, are actually there to, to, to get their, have their best interest at heart. And when, when all you're doing is pushing product, the customer just feels like another number. So I, I think that, um, that that's definitely a testament to what you guys are doing. And I think it's, uh, it's, I, I personally being on the outside, looking into your guys's organization, it's, it's the superpower that really sets you guys apart. Um, and it's, you know, that's, it's apparent in just knowing you it's, 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 it's knowing that data canopy has someone on staff, like, like Sharina, that is, is it, Anybody that knows that knows you knows that you're not trying to just write a number on a, on a piece of paper. You know, you you want you want to get to the core of the issue, um, and you've you know you've you've really educated us us here as well. You know, kind of you know we're we're thinking about expansion in a whole nother way just because of the connections that we have with you. So you know, I, I love love that approach that you guys take. So it, it really is a testament to what you guys are building. Um, really love that. Uh, it, it is. Anything, um, you know, talking more of the AI side too, is there yeah. anything that maybe Data Canopy is incorporating themselves with AI or how does AI, uh, if at all, factor into more of the organizational side rather than a, a lot of clients that are hosting AI is, is, are any kind of, is, is there any need for AI in, in an organization like yours? Well, if there is, we haven't figured out what it is yet. We're, okay. we're so busy, right? <laughs> Truth be told, we're so busy trying to figure out how to get those AI companies stood up in our data centers and give them space and power. Um, we have not really had the opportunity to focus on where AI will assist us as an organization, but I'm sure that we are we are getting to that portion of the program. Um, we're just we haven't quite figured out what our need for AI as an organization, other than chat. What is it, GPT? Yeah. Yeah. For the occasional writing. <laughs> that we all are using it for at least to give us some ideas. I don't know that we've really incorporated AI into our everyday just yet, but I'm not, I'm not ruling that out. Maybe they're going to replace me with AI, yeah. Travis, who knows? Yeah, well, like, you know, and like you said, you know, it's, it, AI is kind of the, you know, the Bitcoin of, of, of this year. It's, it's the, it's the hype. It's what everybody's, um, every, everybody is, is using it in, in some, in some way or another, especially on the, the contact center side. So, you know, I, I always I want to ask as many questions as I can because you know I I I'm not fully educated as well in in that complete aspect of of the industry. So anytime I can you know ask questions and learn myself as well, that's always good. Um, I know I wish you know, I could give you better answers. Oh but, no, that's uh, fine. That's fine. As time evolves, we'll do and, this and again. Maybe, and maybe that's a good thing though that you know it, it, I think it shows that uh, there is a use case for everything and maybe it's, it's wiser to not completely jump into the AI aspect. And we personally here, it's, it's not really incorporated into anything we do other than you know, I, I'm using it as basically an editor. Hey, I wrote this, uh, you know, this piece of marketing, 
please make sure that the grammar's fine and it doesn't look like a five-year-old wrote it. So, so you know, that's how, you know, we're kind of personally using it here. So, you know, you, you, you talk, you know, great rundown of uh, who you are personally and a, a very deep dive into the professional aspect and, and, and speaking more on the professional side, if anybody, uh, it, you know, anybody watching this that, you know, has experience with, uh, with, with Sharina and her team, you know, they are very heavily involved in the channel side. Um, you know, I, I see, I, I, I watch you on LinkedIn and I see all your posts. It seems like you are just everywhere. Uh, you know, when, when you are not, when you're not traveling, I, I swear you're, you're Mrs. Worldwide, but when you're not traveling, no, and, and it's, and it's, and it's time to just relax. What are yes. you, what are you, what are you doing in your off time to kind of, you know, obviously we love the industry and I personally, I love what I do, but some, I just need to, I need to shut it all down. I need right. to find something that is just, I, I forget about my, my job for, you know, for the weekend if I can. Um, so what is, what's Sharina doing to kind of just to escape from, from the day to day? So there, there's a couple of things lately that I have been focused on. So I am trying to master the art of bread making. Okay. So my husband's like, give up. And I'm like, no, I will not give up because I'm not the give up kind. He's like, just buy the bread. And I was like, no, I will not. I will figure out how to make this the absolute most delicious bread anybody's ever eaten. So that has definitely been a challenge because there's just so many different recipes out there for how to make it. And I'm trying to find the one that's like the one. So that's something that I've been focused on. Um, I recently took up pickleball because- Me too. Yeah. So I have been lifting weights myself for almost a year and a half now, but I am not a cardio junkie by any means or stretch of the imagination. And I, my trainer was like, you got to run, you got to run. And I was like, but I don't want to run. I hate it. So yeah. I was like, where can I find cardio in disguise? I call it. <laughs> no, so, so my husband and I have taken up pickleball and we're really, really enjoying it. I think part of that has to do with the fact that we found a great club to play in with new people to meet and a great instructor. And so, so the love for that has definitely developed. So we're out there playing pickleball two or three days a week. Oh, and it, then it is, the it other... is such a, such a fun sport to play. Isn't in. It? And, what a, and it's a, and it's an sport, easy though. way to get your cardio. Yeah. Can you really call it a sport though, Travis? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a big ping pong. You know, I always, I, I, I try to explain it to people. It's the cross between ping pong and tennis. <laughs> totally right on the money. Um, and then the other two things that I've been really focused on that I'm um, really excited about um, is number one, um, T, um, the executive evolution that I have been asked to join. That is something I am really excited about going into 2024. And I am heading up um, sponsorship for that organization uh, in 2024. Right. And it was such a great honor for me to be asked um, to sit along um, Mackenzie Manus and Darcy and Heather and Danny. Um, all all so, great women in the industry. All, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm and glad our, to, I'm glad to work with, for, with most of them and, and have, uh, you know, come to, come to know them a little bit more over the, over the years. So it's, you know, I, I love that. Uh, I, I love that you are, you are so involved because I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't think of a, a better person to be involved in that kind of aspect. So, you know, it's a, it, it, talk about that a little bit more, you know, how that, how that's been so far. Yeah. So we, um, we had our first inaugural retreat, um, back in August. And I think that 
there is always a preconception when you get a lot of very talented women together that there can be um, some cattiness or some of that going on in the background. Um, but I am so proud to tell you that we had almost 40 women spread across three houses sharing space for basically two and a half days. And it was all about learning and empowering and helping and just like really coming together as a cohesive group, which I am so incredibly proud of and um, so grateful to be a part of. And I think the mission in 2024 is really going to be focused on continuing that type of empowerment um, to, to say like, you know, we're good enough. You know, we, this isn't, you know, an issue of we've got, you know, some of that imposter syndrome. We are doing our jobs well and people respect us. And just continuing to perpetuate that messaging and mentoring women who need to be mentored in this industry and bringing new faces into this industry. Some of the you know younger girls that are coming up and those of us who've been doing this a long time like me, kind of helping those girls come through the ranks. Um, it's just a really important message that T has. And I am honored to be part of that organization and working with those women. I, yeah, I, that, I, one, that one's a big that. one. And then, of course, the charity that's near and dear to my heart is Strong as Hearts. Um, and, you know, we are tirelessly raising money for uh, research for muscular dystrophy and finding a medication um, or a therapy that will slow the progression of the disease and increase the lifespan of children who are suffering from MD. And uh, the first round of trials is extremely positive. Um, we've gotten great, um, Ryan will be posting, Ryan Barbera, who, who runs Strongest Hearts, will be posting some of those results shortly on the website. Um, and and I will is, put all of these resources that Sharina is talking about in the show notes too. So please, uh, you know, you. as she talks more about the Strongest Hearts, please make sure that you do some reading and, 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 do, and, yeah, I'll put a link in there too for, you know, if anybody that wants to to do some financial giving as well, because it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. Thank you. And and we have raised quite a bit of money to fund this research, but that just so everybody knows, that's where the money for Strongest Hearts goes. Uh, it all goes towards funding the CRISPR research um, that needs to go through clinical trials before it can actually be FDA approved. Um, but this is really, you know, something that, um, is very important to um, not only the Data Canopy family, but to my family, uh, to my husband and to my sons. And we are just, you know, my my youngest, Jaden, did a fundraiser last year at University of South Carolina um, that raised over $10,000. And we will, again, uh, have the same fundraiser uh, in the in the spring for the fraternities at USC who worked so hard to raise this money so incredibly proud of what these guys have done. Um, you know, when we talk about the next generation, Travis, like we wonder, and these guys that we met at USC who um, really worked hard for us last year to raise the money, a really an incredible group of guys. And I know it gave me hope um, that there are kids out there who want to be involved in giving, in philanthropic work. Because, you know, one of the things I want to teach my own kids is to be sure, like, it's not just about taking, it's about giving back too. Yes. Um, and giving back as much as we can. And so um, Strongest Hearts is where we put our effort 
um, super important to us as a, as a family to continue to fund this research and, and find a way to slow the progression of the disease. I, I love that. You know, it's a uh, more, so that's where I live these days. <laughs> more people, more people need to, 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 you know, and that's, if there was any doubt in anyone's mind, why I had this amazing woman on this podcast, it, it was for these reasons. I couldn't think of a, of a better person to get that message out than you. So thank you so much, Sharina, for, for being on, um, I, I, this is this has been a wonderful talk, and I think that the message that you brought in this interview is one that people need to hear. So um, again, thank you. I always thank you, love Travis. having a nice talk with you, and uh, look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, my friend. See you soon. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs>